God himself becomes the focus of our desire. Don't we all want to be there? I know I do. Do you need a spiritual spark? Are you feeling run down or run over? Are you ready to eliminate the spiritual ups and downs? This is Fresh Faith in Real Life. Let's restore life in your walk with Christ. We'll dive into our featured guest interviews, biblical devotional thoughts, answers to your questions, and more. Your walk with Christ isn't meant to be a performance. It's all about relationship. Let's get to know Jesus and experience fresh faith in real life. Here's John Fugler. Welcome to episode number 25. And this week, listen, read, learn. A blast to the past. Our choices in how we relate to God. And give me your list. This is Fresh Faith in Real Life, a ministry of Fresh Faith 24-7. I'm John Fugler on a quest to know Jesus and help a million believers know him too. I'm the author of a devotional series called Your Life with God, a lifelong Christian media guy, a husband, father, grandfather of eight, and personally, I want to know Jesus more each day. Paul said, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm also the CEO of Fresh Faith 24-7, where we lead you on a path to freedom in your walk with Christ. Well, as I said in the teaser here, we're going to read. First, listen. This is a podcast. Also, read and learn. And question I have for you, because books are so important in life. Uh, I have a friend who does a podcast that's called Read to Lead. And Jeff Brown, longtime Christian radio guy, is has got one of the most popular podcasts out there right now, Read to Lead. And uh, But for me, books became more important probably about 15 years ago. I, I think that happens. We, we set them aside and then we start to read and we all got how many books that are unread or halfway read or five chapters in? How many of those do you have? <laughs> yeah, I've got a Kindle and I do most of my reading on my Kindle. The nice thing about it is you can have a lot of books and nobody knows if you've read them all or not because they're not stacked up. I've got also about seven stacked up on my bedside table. I'm in some place in those. And as I finish one, I get so excited. I will set that aside. But books, books, the question I have for you here, what's the best book you've ever read? The best book. But more importantly, What's the best book you've ever read that has changed your life with God? Good question, huh? Okay, I'm assuming it's after the Bible, all right? So the Bible is number one. So how about the book after that that's changed your life with God? You think one? Uh, might be on the front of your mind right now. I've asked that question before, but I invite you again, let me know. Let me know what that book is. I'd love to share it with listeners. You see, we're, we're in the Christian life together, and we need to help each other out. So we're resources for each other. So let's share those resources. Let's multiply our resources. Go ahead and share the book that has changed your life with me. Would you do that? My, e my email link, easy for me to say, is in my show notes and also john at freshfaith247.com. If you're a Fresh Faith 24-7 member, then go ahead and share it in the community. Discuss it with members there. As for me, here are my top five as of today. I think you've heard me mention some of these before. We'll start with number five. Number five is Adrenaline and Stress, written by Christian psychologist Archibald Hart. Excellent book. 
excellent book. It'll answer a lot of questions of why you're behaving the way you are, why you feel the way you are, uh, why maybe your relationship with God seems like it's rushed and it's distant. Adrenaline and stress, Archibald Hart. And that really changed my life. That was about 20 years ago and I read that or longer. Then number four is called Rest, Why You Get More Done When You Work Less. I have to admit, this isn't a Christian book, but as you read through it, you see some Christian principles in there that make sense. And this book was my stepping stone in dis- discovering God's way of rest, Sabbath rest, and, and rest even between Sabbaths, <laughs> but living a life of rest because it's healthier for us spiritually and physically. So that book kind of set me uh, on that path. And there are some others, Christian books I read after that, that piggybacked that one, but rest, why you get more done when you work less. And the third, number three for me, is Just As I Am. It's the autobiography of Billy Graham. What a book. I couldn't put that one down. If you've never read that, oh, I encourage you to do that. We all need a biography or two in our lives that really connect us with the Lord and grow us in our relationship with him. And that for me was a biggie. So Just As I Am, the autobiography of Billy Graham. Number two, the second most life-changing book for me is Radical by David Platt. And I've mentioned that before. I'll tell you that book, how it changed me. It got me out of my world into the world of those who have no access to the gospel, a third of humanity having no access to the gospel. And David Platt wrote this book that I read about 12 years ago, opened my eyes. I thought I knew missions, but this grabbed my heart and my soul and pulled me into a stronger work in missions and reaching the unreached. Radical by David Platt. And the number one book that has most changed my life is, and I'll tell you that in a few minutes, <laughs> because it's part of the bulk of what we're going to talk about today in this episode. But first, let me ask, uh, have you signed up yet for Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith? This week, we're focusing on a couple verses in the fresh bread that I've been sending out Verses that hit home when it comes to knowing Christ as intimately as possible. And one of the things that I'm sharing this week in Fresh Bread is three things that Paul experienced that totally changed his life. That was years after his Damascus Road experience. I believe that knowing Christ is the secret to life. Uh, Whatever you're dealing with, whether it's stress, fatigue, worry, loneliness, hopelessness, discouragement, lack of purpose, failure, digital addiction, burnout, Lean into Jesus. Get to know him more deeply. He's there for you. As I mentioned, my mission in life is to help a million believers know the Christ of the cross. And that's why I spend time each week writing my Fresh Red for Fresh Faith devotionals. Uh, I send them out three times a week, and I kind of gave you an idea of what we're talking about this week, and I point readers to Jesus as they start the day. I point you to Jesus. You'll get them in your inbox early in the morning. Hopefully those who are getting them now, man, you're reading them, you're digesting them, and they're having an impact on your life. You take 60 seconds to read through it as a springboard to start your day centered on Christ. And I've said before that it's not a replacement for your quiet time, but it's a way to center on Christ and deal with those things that are robbing you of life. And I listed some of those. So sign up for Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith. It's free at freshfaith247.com or click the, sh- the link in the show notes. And if you go to my website at freshfaith247.com, you click 
fresh bread in the menu, you'll get there and you can sign up and you'll get the next fresh bread. I guarantee that. Or click the link in the show notes. I want to take you back uh, to a couple of the most profound moments of this podcast, Fresh Faith in Real Life. As I thought about this, there are two uh, episodes that I want to be able to couch on here and, and play an excerpt from each one for you. There, there are some things that are just timeless. And what I'll play for you are, are timeless thoughts. First of all, uh, episode number one, the very first episode, we know it's not easy when it comes to living out an intimate walk with Jesus every day and consistently. I mean, it is. We tend to fall into our bad habits, fall into sinful habits. But the guy I interviewed in the very first episode, Todd Isburner, um, boy, his story is so good. It's the most downloaded episode of this podcast, too. And the topic was keeping your faith vibrant and alive. And here's the clip I've chosen for you. See what you think. But I've walked with the Lord for a, a, a long time. And as I look back, I found that that the most the most precious time of intimacy, intimacy was the years following what I went through after that divorce, because I just didn't want it. And I, I, I had nothing. I mean, I had nothing, no possessions of any kind whatsoever. I had a little girl and I spent as much time with her as I could. I was, we were co-parenting. I was with her more than half the time and I was dedicated father, but I was so close to the Lord. I, I would spend uh, many hours uh, in his presence praying and sometimes daily. And, you know, I look back and I, I realize, wow, in the times of the greatest simplicity and sometimes the greatest pain and the greatest need is when we draw closest to our Lord. So I don't pray for bad times and I don't want, you know, that sort of pain and difficulty and challenge. But I do know from my track record uh, that God will invite us in an even deeper way when we go through those things. It's like we have more dependency upon him. Like He is all we have. And that's a really good thing. And I've gone through that, you know, a few other really rough spots in my life. And, uh, you know, you, you look back and you say, God, thank you. That was a gift. And, so as you, uh, as you think about that. those times and, um, you know, that your dependence on the Lord, that, that relationship that becomes more real than at other times, wh- what is it that, that draws you to Jesus during these times? What, you know, you, you say you, there's no other choice but Jesus, yeah. but what? What about him draws you to him? I would say, uh, and I'm going to put this in the words of a friend of mine who was a consultant. And in the in the um, the peak of my consulting years, I remember this all the time because it actually applies to our intimacy with Jesus. And I think we come to him either in pain or with vision. Mm-hmm. And when I worked with clients, many of them came to me out of pain and we had some good answers for them. But some came to me with real vision of how can this get better than what it is. It's good now, but how can it get even better? And I find my time myself these days, more often than not, having a vision of it, knowing it, it can be even better with the Lord, deeper, stronger, um, more real than ever before. And I, I, those are, that's something that caught me by surprise because Mm. typically we come to God out of great need. I mean, how many times in prayer do we find ourselves asking God for things rather than just quietly listening, worshiping, enjoying his presence, thanking him profusely over and over. And the only thing we ask for is just a a, a vision of a 
of a greater depth of relationship with him. Great stuff from Todd. Todd Isburner, thank you. Got to have him back on the show. Uh, I've already featured him a couple times in highlights and just did that for you right now because there's such depth in the things he had to share. Todd has just got such a, a calmness, and he's gotten calmer over the years as he's discovered how to intimately walk with God. Well, the next episode, episode number two, was just as, as inspiring when it comes to living out fresh faith. And my interview was with Joseph McCormick, and it centered on staying fresh in a fast-paced life. So here's a highlight from episode number two. But when I, I actually am in like a dry place, uh, I was there uh, specifically, maybe, oh, oh, well, I think COVID, maybe, maybe everyone was during COVID <laughs> somewhere or another. Uh, I usually attribute it to just a loss of perspective. I've kind of lost perspective about my, on my relationship with God, the significance of that, um, the purpose of my life. And so uh, for me, leaning on others who know me mm. and, and even working up the courage, which maybe for some people, this is easy. It's super hard for me as a pastor in particular. I kind of feel like I've got this, um, I don't know. Like, it's just, I feel like it's just harder for me as a pastor to actually go to someone and say, hey, I'm not really spending a lot of time with Jesus or mm. I am. And it feels really empty. Um, but kind of pushing past those lies, pushing past those um, kind of preconceptions that I think I'm just putting on myself more than anyone else uh, and inviting you know, men in my life, inviting my wife into that. Um, there's something just so freeing about vulnerability about mm. saying, I'm actually not doing great right now. Mm. And I just need you to know that. I, I just need you to know I've kind of, kind of lost some perspective here. Um, yeah. That's always been uh, a consistent, uh, really meaningful way for me to kind of start that process of, of breaking out of a rut. Joseph is such a neat guy. Uh, take a look uh, or listen to the entire episode, episode number two, go back to Todd's and episode number one there. But I'll tell you, bring these back because we tend to forget the important things and we just move on and say, hey, I've, I've gotten this far in my Christian life and I'm just going to move on, but we got to go back and revisit the basics. And those were two inspiring segments that spoke to me and I hope they are speaking to you. We want to center in on this knowing Christ, centered in on knowing Jesus. So we'll do more of that in the future, uh, blast of the past kind of thing. Hey, we're doing something a little different this week, just to keep you on your toes. You never know what to expect here. Uh, earlier, I asked you about your favorite book. I shared my top four, saving number one till now, and it's a book that totally changed my life. I told you about it before, but this time I want to take you deep inside. I want to give you a tour because I think what the author shares with us is at the core of why I want to help a million believers know the Christ of the cross. I talk about the Christ of the cross, not the Christ on the cross. The Christ on the cross was a moment in time. Jesus of the cross has an eternal beginning and an eternal end. And I want to know that Jesus in all his fullness, all his fullness. And I Hope I can help you know that Jesus as well. It's a lifelong journey, isn't it? Well, this book hit me. It's by a brilliant man, and I want to camp on the main points to see how God uses this in your life. The book is simply called With. With. Now, it's got a longer subtitle, Reimagining the Way You Relate to God. 
It's by an author named Sky Jatani. He should be playing second base for the Chicago Cubs. Now betting, second baseman, Sky, Sky, Jatani, Jatani. I love that name. Um, and anyway, this is a fabulous book. And I, I want to take just a few minutes and zero in on some things that I believe will help you as you go deeper with Jesus. We all like stories, and Sky opens the book and telling us the stories of four people. Uh, the first one is Joel. Joel is the fast-living businessman, Christian businessman, sought to use God to bless his business. He, he embodies the posture of life, what Sky calls life from God. People in this category want God's blessings and gifts, but they're not particularly interested in God himself. So keep that in mind, life from God. Sky presents four ways that we relate to God, and then a fifth way, which is really the right way. Uh, second was Mark. Mark is the savvy pastor, as Sky called him, with a focus on organizational principles rather than on prayer. And he didn't have much space in his life for ministry, for God. Uh, this is life over God, is what Sky calls it. The, the mystery and wonder of the world is lost as God is abandoned in favor of proven formulas and controllable outcomes. Life over God. Are you in that category? Uh, think about what might describe you most of these four positions. Life from God, like Joel, the businessman who sought to use God to bless his business, Life over God, Mark, who has a focus on principles, organizational principles, rather than prayer, and thinking that, wow, he, he, this is life over God. Mystery and wonder of the world is lost as God's abandoned, he says, in favor of proven formulas. And then there's life for God, Rebecca, the graduating senior dreaming of medical school, primarily concerned with how to best serve God. And this is the most celebrated, Sky says, of religious postures, life for God. The most significant life, this person believes, is the one expended accomplishing great things in God's service. And I'm raising my hand right now. I was a life for God guy. I mean, full-time Christian work since I got out of college, did a lot of evangelism and discipleship during college. And man, this I love serving God. I still do. And you got to remember that uh, some of these things are okay, but taken to extremes, they're not good. Life under God. Karen, the distraught mother who tried to raise her son by the book, was upset when God didn't uphold his end of the deal. Her son strayed away from the Lord. The life under God posture sees God in a simple cause and effect terms. We obey his commands. And he blesses our lives, he blesses our families, he blesses our nation. And our primary role is to determine what he approves or disapproves of and work vigilantly to remain within the boundaries of what God approves. So life under God is what that is. So you got life from God, life over God, life for God, life under God, those four areas. And he, and, and Sky goes into depth in each of these in the book. He spends chapters on this to really uh, play this out and help us understand that. He does such a good job that even I could understand it. <laughs> and uh, he says that uh, as Western culture becomes increasingly secular, we'd agree with that, post-Christian, he says, I found out 
more people are unconcerned about God. They give little thought to how God's presence could or should influence their lives, and that's assuming they believe he exists at all. Uh, Most people in the secular West live over God, he says. Interesting, interesting thoughts on that. Um, Now, then he goes into what he calls consumer Christianity. And this is the life from God posture, where in a lot of cases, this person doesn't actually desire God, just his supernatural help. (laughs) You know, consumer Christianity, the prosperity gospel, the health and wealth preaching. And in each of these cases, people are looking to God as the, the cosmic therapist, he says, or divine butler. You know, have you been in that position before? I think we all drift in and out of these four positions at different times of our life. And maybe throughout the day, we could we could hit all four. Uh, he says what he finds most among his peers in Christian ministry is a highly activist form of faith, whether by fighting poverty or growing the church or engaging in politics, we tend to find our purpose and meaning through what we do for God and his kingdom. That life for God posture, highly celebrated. And those capable of accomplishing the most receive great accolades of affirmation. Interesting. Interesting. Now, then he throws something in here that I thought was was kind of, well, mind-boggling, which is it's also true. He says, some churches have made it their explicit mission to transform religious consumers into fully devoted followers of Christ. Good thing? Yes. Yes. But you got to understand this. And he puts this in in perspective. You got to read each page of this. But what he says, in other words, they want people to stop simply living from God and to start living for him. And I have to tell you that I still live for God. But as I'll share a little bit From now, uh, there's an element which overrides this and overrides all of those other ways that we tend to relate to God. He even says in his own journey, reflecting on it, his journey of faith, it reveals seasons in which he's occupied each of the four postures, okay? He says, I have lived over, under, from, and for God. Well, Sky, I'm raising my hand too because I, I agree with you on that. And um, so those are the the four ways that Sky Jatani in the book With says that we tend to relate to God. We tend to relate to God. Where Sky takes us in his book is he looks at, at God himself. He looks at the Trinity and he makes this statement. He says, the Trinity, the notion of one eternal God existing in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, is a foundational and admittedly mind-twisting doctrine of Christianity. But it also is where life with God finds its origin. Life with God is where we should be. That's how we relate to God. He says, the Trinity reveals that we worship a relational and personal God. That's one of the most important points in the whole book. The Trinity reveals that we worship a relational and personal God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit relating together and wanting to relate to us. The Christian God is a personal deity 
who exists in eternal community with himself. Wow, that's, that's a great point. Let's look into this whole idea of life with God. He makes this statement about midway through the book. The advent of Jesus Christ is what sets Christianity apart from other religions. We affirm that Christ is indeed Emmanuel. We talk about Christ being Emmanuel. And we only say that at Christmas. And we all then say, yeah, that means God with us. And that in him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. He is the image of the invisible God. And with Jesus, an entirely different way of relating to God is revealed to us. That's profound, what he's saying there. I mean, you take that and you say, God with us. Oh, Emmanuel. And we know that God is in us too. Oh, seeking intimacy with us. So rather than stumbling in the darkness, he says, between forms of religion that are each a variation of fear and control, life under, over, from and for God. Through Christ, the lights are turned on and our attention is drawn to an entirely different vision and that is life with God. He talks about the treasure. like the way he puts this. To begin, we must understand how the life with God posture differs from the other four and how each of the others seeks to use God to achieve some other goal. All right, life under God, life over, from, for. We've got other goals in mind. Uh, As an example, life from God, he says, uses him to supply our material desires. That's life from God. Life over God uses him as a source of principles or laws. Life under God tries to manipulate God through obedience to secure blessings and avoid calamity. Now, when I read that, I'm going, well, we're supposed to obey God. Supposed to be God. We're supposed to seek his blessings. We, I mean, that's, that's, the Bible tells us that. But when our life is dominated by that, our, our relationship with Jesus is founded under that. Oh, man. Yes, we're trying to control God. We can't, but we're trying to manipulate God by obedience. And obedience is good, but hmm, that's not the core of the Christian life. And then he says, and life for God uses him and his mission to gain a sense of direction and purpose. Oh my, I understand that one from personal experience. But he goes on to say, makes this point, life with God is different because its goal is not to use God. Its goal is God. Its goal is God. And and Sky says he ceases to be a a device we employ or a commodity we consume. Instead, God himself becomes the focus of our desire. Don't we all want to be there? I know I do. And here at Fresh Faith 24-7, that's where we want to lead you. We want to lead you into intimacy with the Lord. That's what this is all about. And that's why this book has such a, a huge effect on my life. I mean, this is only the halfway point through the book. This guy takes time to uh, explain all these different positions and then life with God and, and not only explain it, but also share with us how we can enjoy more of a life with God, with God. He says this, and this is at the core of what we teach at Fresh Faith 24-7, before we can really desire God, we must have a clear understanding of who he is and what he is like 
How can we know God? As Paul says, I want to know Christ. How can he know Christ without knowing what he's like? And then you deeply experientially know him more from there. One of the poignant things that Sky says a little bit later on, he says, as people come to Christ and they've, they've entered into this relationship with Christ, a new faith in Jesus, he says, sadly, this is where many people stop their exploration of the Christian faith. Having trusted Christ and the sufficiency of his sacrifice on the cross, they assume that any further experience of God must wait until death when they will be set free and ushered into his presence. Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? I, I mean, we have this Jesus that we can get to know while we're here on earth and grow in intimacy and relationship with him. He is all about relationship, all about relationship. And you say, John, this all sounds great. I'm all pumped up now. I want to know Christ like this. I want to live with God. How do I do that? Well, you have to read the book. Uh, I really do encourage you to read the book. Uh, if I had one, I would give it to you. I handed out so many of these books that I finally got it on Kindle so I could have one and I could keep one. But with reimagining the way you relate to God and uh, Sky is uh, an, a tremendous teacher and author here. But I'm not going to leave you hanging. He does have uh, a couple appendices in here that will help you practice knowing Christ better, relating with Jesus, relating with God better. And he's got uh, an exercise that he has uh, praying with the scriptures, he calls it. And it unites prayer and, and reading the word. And it's a process of, uh, of five steps. And I would recommend this, and I've done this, uh, got into a habit of doing that. You might try it for a few days and getting into the word. But first of all, it's uh, first step is reading. It says, gently read the passage of scripture aloud, being mindful of each word and phrase. And identify a word or short phrase that speaks to you in some manner. So you got the, the word, you've got your passage there, you're reading through it, identify the passage, read that passage of scripture aloud, taking your time to be mindful of each word and phrase. Not a large quantity of scripture, but engaging with a small piece reflectively and with an awareness of God's presence. And of course, you got to do this in a quiet place, all right? You got to have your quiet place. Then after reading, there's meditating. You've read the passage. And the second thing you want to do is allow the scriptures to, what he says, read you. You've read the scriptures, allow them to read you. Use the passage or phrase to guide your time of reflection and self-examination. How does reading apply to you and your circumstances? Invite God to speak and reveal what he desires to impart to you through the text. So allow the scriptures to read you. And then third, he says speaking. After allowing God and his scriptures to have the first word, now it's time for you to respond. Communicate your thoughts to God with words. It might be gratitude or confession Worry, joy, don't hold anything back. God sees it anyway. Any number of emotions that result from engaging the scripture as you've read it, as you've let it penetrate. So you've got reading, read it aloud, meditate, allow the scriptures to read you. Third, speaking. And then fourth, contemplating. Uh, when speaking sees us, it's time to rest in God's presence. 
Use the remainder of the time to be silent and open to what God has to say. Uh, Receive his forgiveness, his assurance, or whatever he might have for you. So contemplating. And you can almost sense the relaxation now, can't you? As you picture this in your mind. And then the final thing, the fifth thing that he says is, this step is ruminating. As you conclude your time, take the special word or phrase from the reading with you. Take it with you. Throughout the day, return to it as a prompt for prayer and as a reminder of God's presence with you. That's been helpful for me because I'm a kind of guy who can have a great quiet time with the Lord. And then I go off into the day and I I lose my mind. <laughs> I just lose what I was what I was just reading and praying through. And here you have the opportunity to take it with you. So ruminate, take it with you, think about it during the day. And so these five steps that Sky talks about are are powerful. This is just one of the exercises that he has for you in the book. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. And I'll, of course, have the, a link to the book in the show notes. It's one of my highly recommended books. Uh, and I just would encourage you to go get it if you can and read it and go through it. But this is the book that has totally turned my life around over the last probably eight years when a friend gave me this book. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff, for giving me this book because I, I took it, I read it, and I said, Jeff, I love it. We had some great discussions. And it's totally changed my life and my relationship with God. So Sky goes into uh, chapters like Life Under God, a whole chapter on that, Life Over God, another one on Life From God, a chapter on Life For God, and then the whole Life With God chapters, Life With God. Life with faith, life with hope, life with love, and uh, then communing with God. And I shared one of those exercises. So that's uh, what I have for you this week. Uh, a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah, but this is why I do what I do. This is who I am. This is why how God has led me to this point, being so wrapped up in knowing Christ. Philippians 3, 8 and 10, my, my life verses. And that's why I am what I am today, and I want to be more of who Jesus wants me to be in the future, but I want to know him. As Paul said, I want to know Christ. Well, let me know what you think. Uh, Let's talk about this. Send me your comments. Again, if you've got a book or books that you highly recommend that have changed your life and your relationship with God, please share those with me. I want to share them with others. If you're in our Fresh Faith community, Dive in. Let's talk about those. Share those books and why and get a discussion going. We want to be there for each other. Remember to go ahead and sign up for Fresh Bread for Fresh Faith. Each of the devotionals I send out three times a week, 60-second reads are designed to do this. Develop your relationship with God. It all points there. And I encourage you and invite you to be part of that and sign up. It's free, comes to you three times a week. And if you want to join Fresh Faith 24-7, you go to the website and you got a free trial there. So grab it and I look forward to talking to you next week. I got a good guest coming up. Take care till then.